Welcome once again to the Conversations That Matter podcast. We are going to talk about something that I'm a little late to the party on, and that is QAnon. Yes, it was popular in August, early September, I guess May. I saw some stories, uh, but um, I think it'll probably come up again. And if not, conspiracy theories themselves will come up. And so I want to talk about this this topic more so um, from the vantage point of why it's attractive to some and why why elites especially, uh, evangelical elites being no exception, are concerned about it. So what's the apprehension and the concern and the fear that some have because of it and, and people following it? And then what's the attraction that some people have because of it? So that's what we're gonna talk about and uh, it's gonna be a pretty quick episode. Uh, before we get to that, though, let's talk about something that hopefully you're enjoying. You can tell me if you enjoy this in the comments, or if you don't, you can tell me that too, I guess. But I've been showing you books and movies and things that I've been enjoying lately. And um, disclaimer, if you have VidAngel, I would say watch this. If you don't, I'm, I'm not endorsing you watch this because <laughs> it does have some profanity in it. And uh, I watch it on VidAngel, so I didn't get to hear any of it, which is great. I love the fact that there's something like VidAngel out there. It's, a, it's an app for those who don't know that cuts out profanity and other scenes. So, um, so the movie is called The Peanut Butter Falcon, and it was on Amazon Prime. And my wife and I watched it the other night. And here's why I want to talk about it. I think it's, it's a cultural kind of... Uh, it's a cultural commentary. It's very popular. It was rated very high. And, you know, I think Americans, they tend to go back to this nostalgic, um, kind of a Southern down-home uh, sort of sense. And it's not just, it doesn't have to be Southern. I mean, it's this Norman Rockwell. He was in Massachusetts, I think. And, you know, it, it's that, it, that's part of it as well. But I think in the South, there's more of a rootedness. Um, a lot of the things we think of as American are actually Southern whether it's music like, you know, jazz music, blues music, country music, rock and roll, um, you know, the, uh, a lot of um, foods that we think of as American are actually Southern, fried chicken and barbecue and, um, you know, some of that down home food, uh, you know, apple pie and um, grits. Well, I guess grits is regional, but <laughs> there's, there's just a lot of things. I could probably think of more if I really uh, thought about it. Um, even the founding, even, you know, people that like George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, they're Southerners, they're Virginians. They're, they're rooted in the soil kind of people. You know that if they weren't successful politically, that's fine. They just went back to their farm. They were farmers. That's who they were. They managed the land. They, they were attached to the land. They had a sense of place. And Americans often, uh, when they don't have a sense of place, they go back. They retreat into that. It's not a retreat. They, they, they conjure up that nostalgia again. And I think this movie does some of that because it gives you a sense of place. Um, I've heard it said that in the South, life is like a farm. You got the pig and the, the mule and the horse and all sorts of different animals. And they, they're all different. They're all peculiar in their own ways. And... They, life is dirty, but life is good because life is about living and heaven doesn't come till later anyway. You're not there to make utopia. But in the north, in the deep north especially, I have some experience growing up there, um, the, the life is like a stagecoach. Everyone must conform. They must get in uh, the, the, the game. They must pursue a goal. Uh, there, there's a top-down centralized authority 
we're going to bring in something good, right? And you accomplish things. Protestant work ethic. And and so, uh, you know, there's pros and cons, I guess, to both of those things. But we, we, we draw more comfort, I think, from the farm, we, 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 the sense of home, the sense of place, the sense that there's, there's really not a whole lot of expectations. And let's live life by the sun instead of by the clock. And, and this, this uh, movie, I think, actually does a good job in something that Hollywood is very bad at generally, which is capturing that kind of a culture, that Southern culture. And I'm not going to do spoilers, but it's got a number of characters, Southern archetypes, uh, in, in in there, and they're all peculiar. They all have their their idiosyncrasies, but yet there's a there's there's a sort of um, there's a moral. There's a moral. There there's a sense at the end that there's some kind of a providence that is directing activities on the real world, and and things that you didn't think you needed, you find in someone who you didn't think you'd like, <laughs> and there's a lot of you know a brother figure, a father figure, a friend, a spouse, you know those those kinds of things. And it's in life's journey, which honestly, you, you got to get outside to have the journey. You got to get outside to uh, take some risks. And there's going to be villains and there's going to be uh, dangers. Um, but that's what life's made of. And I think during this time of COVID, we're all staying inside and we all want to be safe. And the centralized authority knows how to uh, make sure that we're safe and keep us secure. Um, we're longing for something more real, tangible, rooted in a place. And, and we're real life that can actually hurt you, but it's in the risks that you find something worth living for. And so anyway, that's my recommendation to you. Peanut Butter Falcon, I, I, I'm not usually impressed. I'm not usually surprised. I think most of the movies coming out are terrible, but I enjoyed this one. Uh, just make sure you have VidAngel if you're going to watch it. So um, there you go. That's the fun part. Let's talk about QAnon a little bit. And then I'll, I'll answer some questions. I have some, a bunch of questions I've been working through. So QAnon. Um, so I, here's the thing uh, that, well, you know what? Let's do this first. Let's go uh, to, I, I've, I went to QAnon once a few months ago, and I didn't get it. <laughs> I'll be honest, I didn't get it. Uh, so let, let's just go there now. Let's just see what we're talking about. I'm not an expert at this. I don't know a lot about it. So if you're getting your info about QAnon from me, that's, I'm not the place to get it. I'm, that's not the purpose I'm making this video. I want to look at the reaction and the attraction. The reaction, evangelical elites and elites in general have to QAnon, why they feel threatened, the attraction. Why do some people, uh, why are they attracted to QAnon? Because I think it says something about where we are. So uh, here's... Q, I guess. QAnon. This is QAnon, I guess. Um, so it's just some posts. Um, a story here. Uh, a, another story. Looks like a prayer. Looks like there, there's a Christian prayer here of some kind. Forgive my sins. Uh, wow. Okay. <laughs> it's almost better theology than the Gospel Coalition. I, 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 I'm sort of half kidding. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Uh, what else is here? We got, this is a whole Twitter thing. Uh, I don't, I don't really get it to be honest with you. I still don't quite get it. Pictures. I mean, this could be like a 16 year old's, um, Twitter almost Twitter feed. Like what's this rig for red Q? Like that's the stuff I don't like. That's the stuff that I'm like, it, it seems like a riddle. It's like, it seems like a waste of time. If you have something to say, just say it. Right. That's kind of how I am. 
sometimes I realize you got to lead people down the garden path, but uh, rig for red, um, yeah, that's I mean that could that's so ambiguous. So I could see this being a place to waste your time if uh, if you get too deep into that stuff. So, all right, so that's Q. Um, let's let's look at some of the reactions that we've been seeing from evangelicals. Uh, in fact, before I do that, um, let me look at some of the reactions uh, from uh, people in the world, if, if I may. Uh, we're gonna look at, see here if I can pull it up. So I, I, I this was a few weeks ago that I had um, looked up, okay, what are people saying about this Q thing? Uh, because I, I started seeing evangelical publications talk about it, and um, let's see, let me find it here. Okay, here we are. So here's here's some headlines for you, just the way that elites in the media are treating Q. Uh, is QAnon the new Christian right with evangelicals fading a new insanity? That's not not biased against Q. <laughs> at all. Uh, Washington Post, analysis, QAnon, the conspiracy theory creeping into U.S. politics. Okay. The Atlantic, QAnon is more important than you think. Hmm. New York Times, what is QAnon? The viral pro-Trump conspiracy theory. Pro-Trump. So um, we, we have media elites that are certainly not, they, they don't like QAnon. It's, it's negative to them. I mean, just so you know, when media elites compare you to the Christian right, not a good thing. And, 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 and that's what's going on out there. Now, what's going on in the church or in Christian publishing and all of that, the whole Christian industrial complex? Uh, Christianity Today. You better make sure that you're listening to the right voice. This is the other thing that I think comes across in Scripture. Whose voice you listen to determines what kind of embodied actions you're going to take which determines what kinds of things you're going to, to understand, listen to the wrong voice is the problem in the garden. It's actually the only problem that's identified by God in that scenario. Okay, so, so this article, basically, we're going back to the Garden of Eden, right? It's really QAnon. <laughs> that's pretty epic, right? Q, listening to QAnon, that's like listening to the serpent in the garden. Okay, all right. That's May 20th, 2020. The same day, Gospel Coalition, Joe Carter. In many ways, the QAnon phenomenon is a revival of a satanic ritual abuse panic that originated in the 1980s. Uh, that was a conspiracy that uh, wealthy and powerful elites were kidnapping and breeding kids for porn and sex trafficking and satanic rituals. Um, and the problem, he says, is that promoters of this theory were accused of allowing an unsupported theory to distract from and downplay real cases of child sex abuse. Because that's bad. If if you are distracting from a real problem and you're you know so you could be fighting child sex abuse but you're not because you're sitting online looking at Q, I, I guess that could be a problem. But how do you? I don't know how you quantify that. You know that's really not quantifiable. So uh, here's one from the briefing. This is Al Mohler's podcast. Uh, but one of the most dangerous issues here, the big warning light for Christians, is that those who hold to this often hold to it in a way that is impervious to logic. They resist any kind of evidence that might be to the contrary. They simply argue that any evidence to the contrary rightly understood as evidence for the conspiracy. So he's saying th this is, it's a problem. You, you don't hear him. Here's the thing. Do you ever hear Al Mohler talk this way, like about CNN, New York Times? I mean, he knows they're liberal, but... Like, that's how liberals treat those things. And think of all the conspiracies, like CNN. 
Russia collusion, conspiracy hoax. Um, never apologized for it, but years of spinning this thing. Uh, think of the, the systemic racism whenever in, in 2020 in America. Whenever a, a police shoots someone, we just immediately assume it's systemic racism. That's a conspiracy. Uh, and it's also one that happens to be killing people and burning things down right now. So, I mean, if you're going to be concerned about something, I don't think people who follow QAnon are going to the houses of supposed pedophiles that they think because Q told them that they were and burning them down. Um, you have the whole COVID thing and the over government overreach based on what now we're finding out was really pathetic evidence. I don't know. I mean, this could lead to mass immunization and government overreach and the loss of civil liberties. And we see what's happening in California. And I don't know. Al Mohler's not. <laughs> He's, you just equal weights and measures is what I'm saying. Not not seeing it here. So uh, so that's Al Mohler on the briefing about Q on August 24th. Uh, Christianity Today, again, uh, QAnon is a wolf in wolf's clothing. Hmm. Picture of a guy with a big Q. QAnon may not be an error to which CT readers are prone. <laughs> so he's saying, yeah, if you give me Christianity Day, you're, you're sophisticated enough. You know, you're not going to fall for this QAnon stuff. But, but what I find deeply worrisome about this movement is how insidious it has become. The more Pentecostal moments of my upbringing didn't stick well enough to make me confident in diagnosis of demonic activity. But QAnon sure seems devilish. Hmm. So he's saying, you know, this is, I, you know, I don't, I'm skeptical of Satan being involved in things, but QAnon, if he's going to be involved, it would be QAnon. Uh, it deliberately preys on well-intended concern about the real issue of sex trafficking. Uh, <laughs> so casual viewers may not realize it mixes truth with malignant lies. So you're just casual. You're going on the internet, just casual, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, you're concerned about sex trafficking and all of a sudden Q gets you to believe something that's not true, like elites are involved in sex trafficking and Jeffrey Epstein's uh, plane had people on it who were going to his island for purposes that were nefarious. Okay. Um, still, the equal weights and measures thing. I mean, does Christianity Today do stories about CNN like this? Uh, religious Religion news service. <laughs> Look at this. It's the same guy. It's the same exact guy uh, that's holding the queue. It looks like at the same event. This is, you can't make this up. So if it's such a wide reaching, just everyone's getting involved in Q. And these two articles use the same dude at an event and no one's paying attention to him. So uh, religion news service. My fear is that Jesus would be co-opted by conspiracy theories in a way that leads the next generation to throw Jesus out with the bathwater. That we're not able to separate the narrative of the taking back our country from Jesus kingdom narrative. Now look, this is used every single time anyone in the church wants to push to more so liberals in the church want to erode tradition um go with the culture on something i mean look your, your music needs to be updated or the kids will leave uh you gotta make sure that your your sermons are dumbed down or else you know the kids aren't they're not gonna understand they're gonna leave um you gotta make sure that you're for social justice or the kids will leave i mean it's everything it's, it's because the kids will leave. And, and what I found is when you actually start talking to the kids that leave, you find out that those really weren't the reasons generally they leave because, well, if they, man, if you just uh, didn't talk about that Q thing, you know, we, not the, I don't even know any pastors who were talking about it. You know, if mom and dad didn't talk about Q, I wouldn't have left the church. I mean, come on. Um, <laughs> it, no, it's more like they see hypocrisy and they see the gimmicks and they realize, wow, these people don't actually believe the Bible's enough. 
So why would I believe it's enough? Why would I go to church? You know, that that's usually the, the thing that, uh, you know, the, the contributing element. Um, obviously, behind that is people who aren't actually believers in Christ, and, and they're, you know, what does 1 John say? They went out from us because they weren't of us. Um, but anyways, Religion News Service seems to think, yeah, Q's going to drive young people away. Others are concerned that theories will become grounds for more mistrust. Young people are exiting the church because they see their parents and mentors, pastors, and Sunday school teachers spreading things that even at a young age they can see through. Yeah, those, those young kids, they're so much smarter than their pastors and their parents. They just see right through it, that, that wisdom they have. Um, <laughs> gosh. So uh, maybe we see where they're coming from. Definitely not, not liking Q at all. Ed Stetzer in USA Today, right? Wow, you got a gig at USA Today. Years ago, Mark Knoll wrote about the scandal of the evangelical mind. Yeah, yeah I've read that book. It's a pretty, pretty terrible book, actually. <laughs> I don't know if I, maybe I'm over, no, I'm not overplaying. It's a terrible book. If there is anything that represents the scandal of the evangelical mind right now, it's the gullibility of Christians who need to be disciplined into critical thinking about how to engage the world around them. Mr. Stetzer, where do they learn that? Didn't pastors used to teach this kind of thing? Can't they learn that in church? Or have the sermons been dumbed down? Um, I'm just saying there's a solution here. They could, they could learn these things. We need to be able to see through the bias and discern conspiracy theories that have risen to the level of messianic religion. Messianic religion. Mr. Setzer, do you think that those who promote this idea that um, there's these woke saints, victims of police you know, shootings, they're basically equivalent to saints, that there's a born-again experience called getting woke, uh, that there's sociologists who have like a priest-like quality about them, that there's this future state almost, this utopia we're supposed to build called equity, um, that there's these holy books that, that we're supposed to read, like Color of Compromise and Woke Church and the New Jim Crow and the White Fragility and the list goes on. Like, do, do you think maybe maybe the woke movement, maybe social justice is a religion? You know, maybe, maybe that's, maybe we should be looking there, but Ed Stetzer doesn't talk about that. In fact, if anything, he's for that. But uh, but but where's QAnon? Where are the parallels with QAnon? I mean, it's it, I just showed you what it is. It's like it could be a 16-year-old's uh, Twitter feed. Um, now I guess you can religiously follow anything, but I mean, you have like a full-fledged religion forming right in front of you on a national, international scale, and you're gonna go after QAnon for a messianic religion. Who's the Messiah? Is it Trump, I guess? I guess it's Trump. Trump's the Messiah. Uh, <laughs> so this is a knock on Trump. That's what this is. But but anyway, um, if you want people to think critically, preach. Preach exegetically. Preach, you know, go to, go to authorial intent. Teach them what that is. Teach them uh, about original languages and the original audience and how to treat a primary source and how scripture interprets scripture and how there's only one meaning, and it's the meaning that the audience uh, would have would have heard. And you know, teach them how to do research. You can teach them that by showing them an example on how you preach. I'm just saying, if, if Christians are, are getting into this, and Ed Sets are so concerned, where where are they learning their methodology from? I'm wondering. Uh, here's the ERLC, Ethics and Religious Liberty Foundation for the, or can, can, sorry, Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission for the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, 
story by Josh Webster, August 5th. For different reasons, the pandemic has fueled the spread of conspiracy theories and misinformation, especially through social media, particularly alarming to me. Was a recent article in The Atlantic about QAnon conspiracy gaining significant traction among many evangelicals, about which, thankfully, Joe Carter, yes, we're thankful for Joe Carter, he's written a very helpful explainer for the Gospel Coalition. He's alarmed. This is horrible. Um, not Funny enough, the ERLC doesn't seem that alarmed about what's happening in California to John MacArthur. And, I mean, literally, it's in their, their mission, religious liberty. But, no, we're, we're not concerned about that. We don't talk about that. Uh, but what we do talk about, um, QAnon, you know, that's a real threat. Um, equal mates, weights and measures, guys. So, so a few things I wrote down. Um, I'm just going to go over with you real quick, give you some commentary. <sighs> What's the harm? That's the question I have. What is the harm of QAnon? In other words, what are they afraid is going to happen? So you have some people in your congregation that uh, follow QAnon. What's the worst that's going to happen? I mean, are they going to show up at some celebrity's house? And I mean, j- just, I'm going to j- just tell you, in case you don't know, this, this is what I understand through making, trying to make heads or tails of all of this and talking to some people who know more about QAnon than I know. Basically, QAnon has, uh, th- this source, has spun a theory that Jeffrey Epstein um, has this log, right? We already know that. That's true. And there are a lot of celebrities who went to his island. Now, his island is weird. If you go look, you can look this up. It's got like a temple to Moloch where he supposedly played his piano. Now, I don't usually play my piano in a temple to Moloch, right? You know, just just a weird um, kind of thing to do. But but Moloch? Um, I think it was Moloch, yeah. Or Baal. I think it was Moloch. So temple to Moloch. And... Uh, you have these these Pizzagate, uh, this thing. You can look that up if you want separately. Of course, it'll all say it's a conspiracy. But there, there is some fishy stuff there because it, it relates back to the emails, uh, the WikiLeaks emails with Hillary Clinton. And there's some weird stuff. There's uh, there's just some odd stuff in some of that. And and there's um, suspicion about satanic things going on, these, these weird dinners, um, uh, you, you can find some of that online. I'm not digging deep into this stuff with you guys right now. That's not the purpose of this. But um, but, but, but here's, here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to just tell you from my perspective. I, I grew up with family that had some connections to Hollywood in California and just lived in the area as well. Um, it's been known that in Hollywood there's pedophilia and there's satanic occult practices. Not everyone in Hollywood, but it's more, way more common in Hollywood. And that's been known way before Q, this Q source, all right? So if that's what the Q source is saying, it's like, hey, there's, there's pedophiles and people into satanic stuff in elite circles, then yeah, you know, a lot of people have known about that for a long time. Uh, that's not new. And, 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 and here's, here's, um, here's the thing. When you look at, actually, I have on my phone... <laughs> I was, it was blowing up, so I threw it down, but I don't, now I need it. I had screenshotted a few things um, that were interesting. So you had in the news recently, Prince Andrew reportedly met with Queen, the Queen over Jeffrey Epstein scandal, New York Post. Uh, California bill to lower penalties for sexual relations with minor heads to Newsom's desk. Governor of California, bill to lower penalties for sexual relations with minors? Huh. Um... You have uh, what just happened with Netflix and Cuties, which I don't advise you to look up, and I have not seen the trailer, and I don't want to. Um, people are looking around them, 
and they're seeing, hey, pedophilia seems to be becoming normalized. And you know what? We saw the gay marriage decision. We saw how that started. We saw uh, what happened this year with transgenderism being um, the civil rights laws being applied to transgenderism. Uh, we're looking around us and we're saying, what's the next step logically? It's not because of some fake world. It's, it's, it's not because of what people don't know that they're following QAnon. It's because of what they do know. Because they're looking around them and they're saying, Epstein, Clinton emails, uh, news items about celebrities concerned about the Epstein thing, Bill in California, cuties on Netflix. It just, it really does seem like pedophilia is going to be normalized. And if you look around you, it doesn't seem like a lot of people are really that concerned. Even in big evangelical circles, like the sources I just read for you, um, you don't see a lot of concern. Maybe Al Mohler's mentioned it. I'm sure he has. <laughs> I don't think the others have. Um, at least it's, it's not, they're not banging the drum about pedophilia like they are about QAnon and how concerned they are about QAnon. So you're not getting it from mainstream sources. You're not hearing it from Christian leaders. And this Q source is trying to explain what you are actually seeing in the real world. That could be part of the reason some people follow QAnon. But what, so what's the harm? Let's go back to the question. What's the harm then? What are they afraid of? That people are gonna be more concerned about sex trafficking or that they'll like Trump? Because in the Q conspiracy, Trump is supposedly aware of all of this and he's gonna round all these bad guys up and he is rounding all these bad guys up during COVID. And that's apparently, from what I understand, one of the reasons for the COVID pandemic was uh, all the um, <clears throat> studio acting stopped and the shows went on hold and it was Trump had an opportunity to, to go in there and round up all the bad guys. And he's in the process of doing it. Now, I don't see evidence for that. It's all, it's coded stuff. I can't trust coded stuff, right? Uh, I mean, it, you know, I, I'm not, I don't endorse QAnon. Um, I'm not saying all that QAnon says is false either though. Uh, and I, have, I haven't researched enough. I can't make a very, I can't give you a very intelligent um, assessment of that. And that's not what the purpose of this video is. But that would seem to be the, the danger in the minds of these more left-leaning evangelicals. Um, that's what would happen. I'm just, I'm just asking, what's the result of someone who follows QAnon? I'm not talking about someone obsessed. So you can get obsessed with anything, but someone who, who just uses that as a source of information, what are they going to do based on that? Well, they probably like Trump more. They probably think Trump's a hero. Probably be more concerned about pedophilia, right? I mean, what, they, might believe, they might believe some lies if they're undiscerning, but how do you solve that? You're not writing articles about pastors. How can, you, how can you address this with your people and how can you teach them how to be discerning with information? No, they're just, they're just browbeating people who would, or demonizing people, marginalizing people, right? Organizations that say they never wanna marginalize anyone. They'll marginalize people for following Q. Meanwhile, CNN's pushed Russia collusion, COVID, systemic racism, and uh, stuff that's actually having a real impact. I mean, think about it this way too. You're a normal guy and all of a sudden 2020 hits, right? And they're talking about taking away your civil liberties, forced immunizations, possibly. You're, you're hearing things about it at least. Um, you're seeing cities burn down. 
your, your civil unrest, uh, you know, it, it's a nutty year. And you've lost faith in probably every institution. You know you can't trust CNN. You know you can't trust most of the media. You know you probably can't even trust your pastor at this point for most people, unfortunately. You can't trust sports. You can't trust any institution you trusted in before. It's gone. It's dead. You, you, you've lost all trust. So what? You, that's why so many people look to Trump the way they do, I think. is They're trying to look for something that's a solid foundation. And the pity in all this, the tragedy, is that we have a foundation we have the word of God. We have something that we can, we can root ourselves in. And, and where, where is that? Where is that? Where is that language from pastors and from these, these people in evangelical organizations saying, we're going to produce content to comfort you, to give you a firm place to stand? I mean, they're, they're watching, you know, the peanut butter falcon to get a sense of nostalgia. They're looking at QAnon to try to understand and interpret the world. When, when there's so, <laughs> we have the word of God, um, it's, it's so frustrating because that should be the takeaway from all this is, hey, pastors, you know, it's a wake-up call. Teach your people. Get out there. We have the good news. You know, I tell people when they say, hey, there's this big conspiracy, you know, the Masons or whatever the case may be, I usually tell them, you know, I believe in something way more Way, way bigger than that. Way, way more nefarious. Uh, you know, cloaks and daggers, that doesn't, I'm talking about invisible stuff. I'm talking about demons and angels. I'm a Christian. I believe in that. Look at Daniel. Look at, look at the glimpse into the political world. Demons and angels. Prince of the power of the air. He's subverting the purposes of God. He's taking glory from God. He's involved. You think he's in the halls of Congress? Absolutely. You think he's in the White House? Absolutely. You think he's on your television? Absolutely. I'm not saying there's a demon behind every bush, but maybe every other bush. <laughs> there's, you, your flesh is sinful, but there is a spiritual war. Maybe we've gotten away from talking about that. That blows Q. QAnon has, <laughs> doesn't know the, the first thing about how epic that war is, I'm sure. Maybe the, I mean, I don't know. There seems to be someone with some Christian understanding behind it because we saw that prayer. I, I don't know how orthodox they are, but I'm just saying there really is a conspiracy, a real one, a spiritual battle. And James 4, 7 says, submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee. Jesus says, in this world you'll have trouble. Be of good cheer, I overcome the world. Can we not go to people who have had the rug pulled out from under them, who can't make sense of what's happening to their country, who feel like they are the citizen of a country that no longer exists because it doesn't anymore, and they're trying to find something to hold on to, can we not go to them and say, you want to understand what's happening? Read this book. There's a darkness, a real one. It's called the devil. It's called sin. It's called the world system. And there's a light, and it's called Jesus Christ. Come to him. He will protect you. Submit to him. Resist the devil. He'll flee. And Jesus says that he will that those who come to him, he will in no wise cast out. Why can't we offer them hope, real hope? The hope that there is a sovereign plan. Just like I was talking to you earlier about that that movie, that peanut butter falcon movie that Hey, there's there's a there's a providence. It just it's works out. You know, there's there's some kind of a sense that there's a plan. 
Well, we know there actually is a plan. It's not just happenstance, not just circumstances coming together and, wow, that's interesting. No, it's we, we know that there's an author, a creator, a, a decree. So here's the thing. There wouldn't need to be a cue if we were addressing these things. And I when I say we, I'm not I'm not trying to browbeat the church either. I'm not I don't I don't do that. I'm not the church is the bride of Christ. I'm saying I'm saying for we as in those who are trying to influence other Christians who are in Christianity, who have a lot of Christian followers. Look, if we're giving them the hope of, of the truth of, of God's sovereignty and his commands, um, I think the comfort maybe people are trying to find in a cue, the stability, uh, the, the, the trying to find something to hold on to, they, they, you wouldn't have that as much. You'd have more of a firm foundation. There's a lack of faith in the institutions right now, and it's showing. And I think people in big evangelical and big elite circles in general, they know it. They know that people are starting to not trust them. And Q is a threat for that reason. That's why they don't like Q. That's why they'll fight Q harder than they'll fight CNN. CNN's not a threat like that. They're, they're in the same club as CNN. Q is in a different club. you know. And Trump's in that club. <laughs> It's a, I'm seeing the populist versus elite line kind of come out of this whole thing. Um, the issue ultimately is not the conspiracies. Uh, th that, that's not the issue. The issue is people losing faith in their institutions and trying to find faith, some kind of stability in something else. The issue is that there is a devil who does rule, and it's time for pastors and church leaders, I think, to... Um, to talk more about him, to talk about the Holy Spirit, to talk about the, the invisible things. You know, I pray sometimes, Lord, may the invisible world be more real to me than the visible world. Because I just want to be aware. Because I know there's a battle going on. All right, I've said enough about that, I think, at this point. I want to um, answer a few questions that I've gotten. I've been working through some questions. Uh, what are your thoughts on Bodhi Bakum? I just heard this interview with Ali Beth Stuckey where he praised Neil Shenvey. So disappointed that Shenvey is not biblically solid. Um, <laughs> well, here's the thing. If you mean by biblically solid, Neil Shenvey is not a theologian. I'll probably tell you that uh, if you asked him, I, I would think. That's, that's not his area. He has read a lot of secular sources on critical theory. Um, but, I mean, he goes to J.D. Greer's church. He's, he's not... Uh, he, if that's a sample of the kind of uh, teaching that he's getting on a theological level, then then you know you can do with that what you will. Uh, I so if that's what you mean, I, I get what you're trying to say. Um, in fact, I, I kind of realized that later. I thought, you know, I, we we should I should probably have talked to him more about what false teaching is. I just sort of assume I'm on the same page with people about that, but. Um, so Vody Bakum says some kind things about Neil Shenvey. Well, so is Doug Wilson. So a lot of people have. And let me just back up. This isn't about Neil or Bodhi. This is actually bigger than that. Um, all of a sudden, people are waking up to the fact that there's critical theory, and that's motivating somehow the riots and everything, and they don't know what it is. 
And so they're looking for a Christian source, something that's going to explain this to them, and they find a source. And it says a lot of the right things. And so they think, oh, this is great. Well, unless you're examining it closely and um, you're really paying close attention to what's actually being said in its totality, you're, you're not probably going to sense, you're not going to find the, the, the problems, that the, some of the problems I've found. So I wouldn't blame someone like a Bodhi Bauckham from saying, hey, there's someone who's trying to oppose critical theory, uh, maybe not realizing that the entire critique is not an adequate critique. But hey, the fact that someone's even doing it is, is a positive in the minds of most. So there you go. Um, I, I don't, I think Vody Bauckham, from what I know, is great. <laughs> I don't, I don't know him well. I've talked to him. I've had a sit down with him before. Just we, we've talked a little bit. But I can't, based on one conversation, tell you everything about Bodhi. Uh, I've listened to some of his sermons. I think the ones I've listened to have been fantastic. Um, I love the content on history. Another question. Do you have any thoughts on David Barton? I really like some of his content. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble because I probably have people on both sides of David Barton. So I'll say this. I, I know someone who worked for him. Very nice man from what I know. Very smart man as far as uh, memorization and sound bites. As far as his historical work, um, you know, I was reading a book by him about Mason, speaking of conspiracy theories, and he was, it, it became evident to me he was not a trained historian, and he'll probably tell you that. The way he treats sources is a little suspect sometimes. Like he'll use like a dictionary as a primary source, and a dictionary is not a primary source. He, um, he's gotten in trouble, I think, a few times in the way he uses sources because he, he ha he's used some sources, I think, that weren't completely authenticated. Look, every historian makes mistakes. But, um, but David Barton, I think, has made a little more than most, and, uh, and, and it's gotten him in trouble at times. Now, that being said, I can't stand the people that look down their nose at David Barton. Like, you know, I'm thinking like the George Marsden, Nathan Hatch, Mark Knoll, Thomas Kidd types, you know, that just Christian nationalism. And no, like there, there really are, um, this country really was founded on Christian ideals. And I would use Daniel Dreisbach or Mark David Hall's book over David Barton's book to show that. But it doesn't mean that David Barton's getting everything wrong. He gets a lot right about the founding. Um, I think once he gets past the founding, especially as he approaches the Civil War, the wheels just start falling off and he kind of adopts the Republican myth of, of American history instead of um, trying to find a paradigm that makes sense of all the information. But, uh, but that being said, you know, I don't have any issue with David Barton. Personally, I, not, I can't remember a time I was really annoyed by David Barton. I just, I, I just see him for what he is. He's not a historian as much as he is... Um, and he does. He is. He he deserves that to some extent. He does have. He does have a. His, he is a historian on some level, um, but he's more of a speaker. I would say a motivator. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't. I, I I don't use his sources for for most things just because um, I I have to kind of double check him, and I don't like usually double check. I do double checking enough when I'm doing this stuff, so. Those are my thoughts on David Barton. All right. What do you think of Jesse Lee Peterson? Um, funny. <laughs> I don't know him very well. I've heard he's a heretic. I don't know how. I don't know what he believes, but I've seen his like man on the street interviews and, and they're pretty funny. He just kind of uh, says outrageous things and watches people react. All right. So those are some of the questions and uh, hopefully, um, hopefully that was beneficial for you. Listen, 
just to kind of end this, um, I I don't I don't want to freak anyone out about if you, if you are someone who is not a Christian, um, please you know reach out to me. Uh, I, I would want to hear from you. If, if you're freaked out, if you came here because you saw QAnon in the title and you're hearing me talk about even a greater conspiracy of demons and Satan and sin in the world, and look, we, we have a Savior who's conquered that, and we know what happens because we have the end of the book, and Satan does not win. And so uh, God calls us to repent of our sin. Uh, he calls us to put our faith completely in Christ and not our works or our decision or anything we can do but solely in the work of Christ. Christ has made a way that we can be right with God. And, and that, is the, that is the good news of the gospel. And so that's the message that I proclaim. And um, I, just, I just felt like I needed to end on that note. So God bless. Have a good day. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.